Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their have you got drama yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, game time. Big, big game for Tennessee time. One of the big swing games of the season time. Pierogi time. Whatever else it is they do up there in Pittsburgh time, whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio for now, but by the time we get this thing uh, uploaded and sent to y'all and, and sent out through the internets, we will all be in Pittsburgh uh, for, for Tennessee Pitt, which sets to kick off 3 o'clock on uh, on ABC, a new network uh, for, for Tennessee games, or at least in recent years. It's been a while since Tennessee has had a game on that network, I believe. So that will be interesting. So make that note ahead of time. Hope you've already done that and you're not requiring us now to do that for you. We're not your TV guide, people. Although we, we kind of are. Also going to be joined by Ben McKee, obviously, on this game day edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And then we'll go up and get to a special visitor here in just a second. But uh, first off, Ben, how you doing? I'm great. It's game day. Thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be in Pittsburgh. Although technically I'm not in Pittsburgh just yet. But as you mentioned, we will be by the time the good people are listening to this. And just really excited. Uh, Ball State, that was fun because it was the opener. Signaled that football season was here. But at least for me, this is why I do what I do. I love the big-time matchups. I love talking about them. I love writing about them. And, and we've got a big one today, uh, a really nice top 25 matchup. I, I think it's a, uh, an evenly matched game on paper, and, and I think both teams are good. And we'll, we'll obviously break it down in a more nuanced way. But at the end of the day, I think it's as simple as whoever shows up and, and plays better football is probably going to win this football game just because I, I do think it is pretty evenly matched. Yeah, and there are a lot of fun matchups to talk about. You know, this feels like a game that even though it's not a 
even though it's not a conference game, it feels like there's just a tremendous amount of, of, of familiarity, basically, w- between these teams because Hendon Hooker has played Pittsburgh so many times, uh, both at Virginia Tech and now at Tennessee. Uh, Heupel at UCF coached against Narduzzi and Pitt in, in a couple games before, just before he came to Tennessee. So, so there's a you know, you know, Bub Means is a kid who started his career at Tennessee. Now he's at Pitt as a wide receiver. Uh, th- there's just lots and lots of interesting sort of footnotes and, and side notes and plots for this game. Um, but you're not just going to hear from us, obviously, in this edition. We're going to go on up to Pittsburgh uh, and, and join, be joined by Ed O'Brien, who covers Pitt for 24-7 Sports, also does a lot of uh, recruiting stuff uh, up there in that region. So there's always some prospects up in that area, plenty of them, actually. And so uh, Ed's a busy, busy man, and we're happy uh, that he was able to join us. So we're going to waste no time and get right to that. Here is our conversation with Ed O'Brien. Happy to be joined right now, uh, not only by Ben McKee, our, our newest uh, hire at GoVols 24-7, and someone we are very, very, very happy to have with us. We've also got a really fun guest uh, to bring to you on this, and we're going to go up to the Steel City, up to Pittsburgh, and get to Ed O'Brien, who covers Pittsburgh for the 24-7 Sports Network, also covers a lot of uh, prospect-type stuff, high school stuff up there in that region, guy who, who, who goes around and, and knows people and knows stuff and is a good guy to bring on with us. So, uh, Ed, how you doing, my man? I'm doing pretty good today, Wes. Thanks for uh, bringing me on. I definitely appreciate it. And, and I think, Ben, you're doing all right, too. Wanted to make sure you're doing all right over there. I'm doing great. It's game day. We're we're living our best life. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And it's a big, big game. Uh, Tennessee, the 24th ranked falls going up to Pittsburgh, obviously, to play the 17th ranked Panthers at, at what I still think of as Heinz Field. I know it's Acrisure Stadium now, but it's one of those things it's like yeah I guess I'll call it that but I really don't want to I still think of it as Heinz Field I bet that went down really 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 well Ed was that like the biggest fart in church ever when they announced that that change it was like what <laughs> once they made that change and you know I, I I'm still having a hard time not calling it Heinz Field as well um but it was definitely one of those head scratches like this is what they came up with but yeah. You know, it is what it is when it comes to business. Yeah, I can imagine them trying to change Neyland Stadium to like Pilot Park or something and then just things burning right. all over town or all over the state. So I can imagine up there you mess with the you mess with the home of the Steelers and and you're uh you're you're sort of asking for it uh, really. But I guess this is we're, we're not here to talk about the Steelers. Uh, sorry Ramon Foster. We're here to talk about Tennessee and Pitt, the Vols going up there, uh, hoping to get some payback for for Pitt going down to their house and beating them last year. Pitt um, probably feels a little bit slighted also because you got Tennessee motivated from last year's result. You got Pitt, who is playing at home as the higher-ranked team and not only opened as a four- or five-point underdog, it then quickly went up to like six and then seven, and it's just been it's been climbing. So uh, not a lot of love for the Panthers uh, from from Vegas on this one. I imagine if there was any doubt, Ed, that they were going to be fired up for, for this week, that, that probably helps a little bit, doesn't it? I think it helps out a lot. I mean, you know, Coach Nardese was fired up about ESPN sliding them about attendance for the West Virginia game. So I can only imagine, you know, he, he's definitely probably using this, you know, to be able to, to, to the fire and also be, you know, going up against the SEC team. Um, you know, he's made, you know, comments about that, you know, the ACC being looked down, looked, looked down upon compared to the SEC. So, you know, I think they'll definitely use it as motivation uh, going into this game. 
Ed, do do you fear uh, for for Pitt fans that there may be a a hangover from what was the backyard brawl and and how awesome of an atmosphere that was? I, I from the outside looking in would think that those extra two days, with it being on a Thursday and then not playing Tennessee uh, until Saturday, the the emotions of that big win over West Virginia could have worn off over the weekend, and then it's really on to Tennessee, whereas typically you'd be getting over that win probably on a Tuesday or Wednesday and then having to play that Saturday. You know, I, I believe Coach Narduzzi made uh, a point about that, you know, having two extra days to prepare for this week, and I agree with you. Um, I think, you know, Pitt has had enough time to let that wear off even though that was an exciting win, it was a great win, uh, a great come from behind win. But I think that is definitely in the rear view mirror. And, you know, it, it'll it'll be a, a tough test for Pitt this week. In the past, you know, as you met, as you alluded to, you know, the emotions of that particular game, you fear that, you know, would, you know, creep into this week's game against Tennessee. So this would be a good test to see if um, Pitt has taken that step, as you know, that next step as a program, you know, being able to put, uh, what was a big win, an exciting win, in the rearview in the rearview mirror, and focus on this week's opponent, Tennessee, and you know come up, you know come up come up with the win. Ed, what would you say the atmosphere is like up there this week going into this one? And I ask that because I know that it's not uncommon for for Pitt, and you could probably say the same for like Cincinnati. There's a few other programs around the country that they uh, it's a big it's a power five. It's a, it's a really good college football job but it's also in a professional market where you know it'd be like if the the titans were in knoxville i mean it's just it can be a difficult thing because the nfl tends to swarm over everything that it touches and on top of that you've also got the penguins in one of the best hockey towns in america up there in pittsburgh and i know that sometimes especially if Pitt struggles a little bit people can they can kind of go to the back burner or they can kind of get tossed aside a little bit I'm wondering if, you know, when the ACC last year, having such a great quarterback who, who ends up going to the Steelers, just having a really good season, Narduzzi maybe turning the corner, has that changed some things up there right now? I know because, you know, it's an interesting year for the Steelers too because, you know, new quarterback, a bunch of other new stuff, uh, Deontay Johnson questionable right. for week one now. So there's a lot going on there too, but I just wonder if, if Pitt, if things are changing up there for that program. I, I, will, I will say – from, from from what I'm looking at and you know seeing around um, the city, I believe like Narduzzi, I believe Narduzzi has changed the corner. So the answer to question, yes, I think it's changing. At least that that's how it is right now. I mean, you know, building off of winning the ACC championship, um, getting the preseason love, being ranked in the top 20 uh, in both polls for the first time at least since you know going to season, at least since I've been covering Pitt. Um, so as of right now, I think it's a lot of excitement. Of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers are always going to be number one, but this is the most excitement I've seen around the Pitt program in the last, I'll say, five or six years. And so I think uh, Narduzzi definitely deserves a lot of credit for that. And, um, you know, I think it'll continue to grow, especially um, if Pitt is able to win this week. I don't think it'll go down too much if they lose this week because they'll still have a chance to win the ACC championship. Um, but it will go a long way to be able to beat an SEC team. Ed, as Wes was talking about uh, a new quarterback and and this and that, it's really the the new quarterback that's that's the the new face of things. Obviously, Jordan Addison has moved on, and, and there's some I don't know if they're question marks after the opener anymore uh, at outside linebacker. But 
uh, it's really a, a new receiver core and a new quarterback, and that's the newness of, of this football team. Do you think that Keem Slovis is is going to step in and maybe not do what Kenny Pickett did last year? That That's asking a lot, but uh, be more than serviceable. It kind of seemed like that opener, there was a mixed bag of results, mostly good, but obviously first-game jitters, I guess you could say. I think I'll use that word. I think it'll definitely more than serviceable. Um, there were some things that I saw in that West Virginia game as far as him taking um, unnecessary snaps. I'm sorry, snap sacks. Uh, I think he was sacked five times. Sometimes he held on to the ball a little bit too much, I, I believe. But overall, I thought he, you know, it was a good debut for him. Um, he may not be as mobile as Pickett, but we'll, I guess you know, we'll be able to see more in the upcoming weeks. But he'll definitely be more than serviceable. I yeah, and I was going to ask about uh, about that situation too, Ed, because I, I think so many things that happened last year in, in that game. It's not like Kenny Pickett won that game by himself. You know, you have to have guys blocking for you. You have to have a defense making some plays, special teams, etc. But a lot of that came down to a lot of the magician type stuff that Pickett did in that game. I mean, they, Tennessee had him wrapped up several times, and he escaped either to throw an incomplete pass or scramble for a first down or, or move, throw the ball past the sticks. He was a problem for Tennessee that day. And I think that may have been the first day people around the country realized how good he was because I, you know, before that he was kind of like, he's better than a game manager, but just how good is he? And he was freaking awesome in that game. And that really maybe put him on the map a little bit and started that, some of that Heisman talk and those other things. But now it looks like it's a little bit different because Slovis, he's always been, had really good arm talent. He can make every throw on the field. He's got experience playing at the power five level, a bunch of it. Um, but that stuff that, that Pickett does, that sort of that, that evading pressure, escaping the pocket, I don't know that Slovis is going to be able to do that. And I, I, I wonder how much does that change Pitt's offense because it, when you have a quarterback who can do stuff like that, it just demoralizes a defense. And I don't know if Slovis can do those kinds of things. Uh, you know, I have to agree with you. I think that that's definitely a, still a question mark for him. Um, he didn't have any rushing yards. Uh, I know the sack yard is the game is some things, but he definitely, you know, as I mentioned, definitely is not as mobile as Pickett. And, you know, Pickett made a lot of uh, plays out of the pocket, rolling out of the pocket, you know, final receivers downfield. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, we have to see what happens when Slovis is pressured. You know, is he going to be able to roll out of the pocket? Is he be able to make plays? Um, is he going to be able to extend plays? And so I'm not – I'm not sure if we've seen anything, you know, at least in the last game and over his career showing that he's, he's, you know, he has that mobility. So that's definitely concerned going into this week and, you know, going forward, you know, to the rest of the season. But as of one right thing, now, you know, the jury's still out. One of the things I, I am just so enamored with, uh, it's probably the thing I'm most enamored with when it comes to this Pittsburgh team is you look at the depth chart, and it really stands out along uh, really multiple positions, but offensive line, defensive line, and the secondary. It's senior, senior, COVID senior, redshirt senior, redshirt junior, junior, just upperclassmen after upperclassmen. And, and you look at the combined starts along the offensive line, and it's a ridiculous number. But it also does beg the question, it's one thing to have experience. It's coming back, but I would imagine that it's good experience coming back considering it's it's the players that were on that ACC championship team with Kenny Pickett and with Jordan Addison. Yes, and, you know, it's a lot of experience, especially as 
especially on the defensive side of the ball, as you saw on Thursday night when Desmond Alexandri uh, was injured and had to leave the game. John Morgan came in and, you know, gave a little juice and pissed defensive line and made some plays. Uh, and as you just mentioned, as far as, you know, having all this experience, but it's a good experience. Like with the offensive line, I, I would like to see how they fare in the running game this week against Tennessee. They got off to a slow start last week. And so that's, you know, one of the reasons why um, Rodney Hammond ended up getting most of the carry. Well, actually ended up coming in and getting more yards, getting most of the carries because Abinaconda couldn't really get off the ground. I think he rushed eight times, maybe six, 15, 16 yards. So um, I still think even with all that experience coming back, you know, with the renewed um, dedication to the running game, you know, it's, it, it still might, it kind of sounds crazy, but they still have to, I guess, take a little bit of time to, you know, gel a little bit. So as far as off of, offensive line goes, um, I think, you know, this week would be important for them to, you know, just get it get it done um, in the running game so, you know, Pitt has a more balanced offense this week. Ed, were you surprised that, that Narduzzi sort of had uh, – I don't want to say necessarily talk about the falling out that he had with his previous offensive coordinator. I mean, I think everyone by this point knows that was just kind of a, an interesting situation. But I guess my, my question more pointedly is, were you surprised that in the way the game is played these days, you know, you see all these sort of 45 to 42, 48 to 45 games, teams where both team games where both teams are throwing for three, three fifty plus in a game. And you're seeing it at the NFL level too. I mean, the Titans are still playing like it's 1945, but every, most other people are really kind of going out there and kind of spreading it out and doing some things. And, and, and Narduzzi wanted to go in a very different direction. Why do you, why do you think that was, is that just the way he thinks football should be played or, or is that what he thinks he can recruit better to if he's at Pitt? I believe that's the way he believes football should be played because it's hard to argue with the results. I mean, Kenny, Kenny Pinker was a Heisman finalist. Um, Pitt put up record numbers on offense for this school. Um, they won the ACC championship. I was surprised that, he, you know, he, he had that type of thinking. You know, sometimes you have to go with what works um, for, your, for your team. And last year, the passing game, you know, you have a quarterback that was there five yeah, five years, mm-hmm. and so, and the offensive coordinator in Whipple that you know, so his thing is the passing game. I mean, that's that's why you brought him there because his passing game wasn't great for a couple of years there. So, I was definitely surprised he went with that angle. But I, you know, I do believe he just thinks you should run the ball first and then pass off of that. But the game has changed, and so I, I'm not sure if I totally agreed with his assessment. I mean, I thought you know they did great last. I mean. You know, they won the championship, so obviously they did great. But, you know, that approach is what most causes, most winning programs are taking anyway. So I was definitely surprised at that. What do you think the atmosphere is going to be like on Saturday at 3.30? It, it obviously won't be backyard brawl Thursday night. Everybody's liquored up. But do, do you think it'll come close? <laughs> <laughs> do you think it'll come close to, to what the backyard brawl was? Ooh, that that that. That atmosphere is incredible. I, I think it'll come close though, because you know there's still, you know, it's early in season, still that excitement. Uh, Tennessee is coming into town. It's the SEC team. Pitt is nationally ranked. Everybody's excited, so it'll come close. It won't match it, obviously, because of the rivalry part of it, but it'll it'll come close. It should be very. It'll be electric atmosphere. 
Appreciate Ed O'Brien for joining us on the Go Vols 247 podcast this day, this fine Saturday, getting you ready for Tennessee at Pittsburgh. And before we get back to Ed and his wealth of knowledge of the Panthers, we've got to step aside and pay a few bills. So without further ado, let's pay those bills. Hashtag ad. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads. You just heard a moment ago during that commercial break, Wes Rucker and Ben McKee coming to you. Uh, right now, we are in Pittsburgh. As we are recording this, we are about to head up to Pittsburgh. So lots and lots to discuss about Tennessee playing Pitt. you got the 24th-ranked Vols visiting uh, the artist formerly known as Heinz Field to play the 17th-ranked Panthers. Lots and lots of good stuff, and we're going to get right back to it with our good friend Ed O'Brien uh, from Panther 24-7. But before we do that, guys, just a, a quick request from this end, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, if you could take about a minute out of your day right now, uh, maybe 60, 75, 90 seconds tops, and go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We would appreciate that a lot. If you're just listening on the website, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what helps us out the most is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod. You can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we are happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very, very few complaints from our end. I'd like to say no complaints, but it's life. You're always going to have a couple small complaints. But by and large... Very, very, very few complaints. It's a labor of love, and we are happy to do this. Since we're doing it for free, however, I don't think it's too much to ask uh, for you to go in there, rate, review, subscribe. Just tell your friends, too. The, the good old-fashioned, like, hey, you got a friend who's a Tennessee fan? Your, your parents? You got, you got an uncle? You got, you got your neighbor? You just got people you know at church, synagogue, wherever you are. You got a Tennessee fan, and you're like, hey, uh, you might also like this podcast. Go ahead and do that. That works, too. Uh, and, and that helps us grow the wolf pack as we've done for years. And we very, very, very much appreciate that. So if you're already doing those things, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. And without further ado, here's the rest of our interview with Ed O'Brien getting you ready for number 24 Tennessee at number 17 Pitt today, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, ABC. I'm wondering what Pitt was thinking there opening the season by by just inviting one wave after another wave of, of hillbillies who are going to get liquored up and sort of mess up your stadium. I wonder, as someone who, who knows both of those areas pretty well, I got to think, like, 
Or do, 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 I bet your maintenance <laughs> staff probably isn't really thrilled with that, but your concession sales probably are very, very, very thrilled with that. So I imagine there's probably some some give and take there. But in all seriousness, playing an SEC team, getting one to come to your backyard, I know that you know a lot of times there are people who will say the SEC won't go travel and play some of these games. You know, the SEC likes to likes to keep some of those they've got their their sort of you know sectional rivalries that they play you know your Georgia Georgia Techs and, and Kentucky Louisville's and all those but but in general Tennessee's still one of those programs that will go out on the road and play a game like this and that's from the Tennessee side good for them to for wanting to go out there and do that but from Pitt's side getting an SEC team to come into your house and we know that around the country there are two types of people in college football, people who love the SEC and people who would love nothing more than to set the SEC on fire and burn it down to the ground. And I got to think if you're a Pitt fan, even if you're an ACC fan, you're hoping that, that Tennessee comes up there and, and you don't have to hear the SEC chant in the fourth quarter, if you know what I'm saying. Like I imagine this is a big game for Pitt and its fans to go out there and say, like, all right, here, here comes shove this SEC. Absolutely. You know, I think anybody that says uh, otherwise is definitely lying to themselves. Um, you know, the fact is the SEC, you know, the best football in the country, uh, the best, you know, conference in the country when it comes to football, and they've proven that. So, you know, being able to beat a team, in this case, you know, Pitt's hoping to beat them two times in a row. I think that does a lot for the program. And I think to a certain extent, it helps with recruiting as well. You know, you know, being able to tell recruits, you know, you you come here, you know, we play, we play an SEC team, you know, play a big 12 team and we compete. Not only do we compete, but we also win. So that's also a big, um, a big thing, you know, that can come out of this, you know, should Pitt win again. What what are the matchups you are circling that that Pitt really needs to make sure they they win in order to 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 come out with a win on Saturday against Tennessee. You know, I could, I would say up until the West Virginia game, I've been, been able to hang my head on the fact that Pitt will play you know good run defense. Um, their run defense against West Virginia was pretty alarming, um, so I think they'll have to win the. I mean, regardless of how they did against West Virginia, I think they'll have to win the trans- win the war in the trenches, especially on the uh, defensive side of the ball, and limit the big plays um, from uh, Tennessee's wide receivers due to the type of defense that they play as uh, the cornerbacks, especially in your face, man-to-man, everybody's manned up. So, you know, Tennessee will definitely have their opportunities to make play- big plays downfield. So I think between the trenches and the uh, skill players, you know, along those lines, those would be the two most important matchups. We talk a little bit about Ed. Talk a little bit about that that pit defensive line because I know that that um, where the SEC I think has always sort of separated itself. You can go get speed anywhere. There's speed in all 50 states. You know, you can get some really good athletes. Um, but typically speaking, when an SEC team plays a non-SEC team, the defensive line in particular is what just grinds those teams in, in, into the dirt. I mean, that, that's where they can really separate themselves. However, uh, Pitt, I look at that Pitt defensive line, and, and, and I don't just see one pro. I, I, I see multiple pros up front. Those are guys who are going to get drafted. Those are guys who maybe a couple will end up signing free agent contracts. I think there's a few of those guys that are going to be playing on Sundays. And I think that's something that, that 
Tennessee's going to have to account for in this game because we can talk and we will talk in a minute about Narduzzi as a defensive coach and, and his the respect that he just has coast to coast in the way that people know about his defense and the way they play. But you got to have dudes to do it too. And, and up front, I see a lot of dudes there. I imagine that that they're they're pretty excited to go into this matchup. Absolutely, uh, very excited. Um, you know, Narduzzi and the staff they, they recruited a lot of depth, depth at uh, the defensive at the, both the defensive tackle and defensive end position, and the way they developed they, they develop defensive line. And I mean, you can go as far back as you know, of course, to Aaron Donald, especially at the defensive tackle position. And Kalaja Kansi is one of the best yes. defensive tackles in the yes. nation. Um, that's another defensive tackle. I think before him is Jalen Twyman. So Pitt has just been able to develop any, mostly all the linemen that, you know, that have come in. And, you know, it's not four or five-star guys. You know, it's been three-star guys. It's been, you know, a couple four-star star guys. But um, it's just, it just seems to be that with Pitt, especially in the defensive line, they just do a great job of developing players. And as you mentioned, you know, offhand, yeah, there's, there's definitely at least four or five kids that will have a have a good shot of going pro. What receivers are, are looking to step up this season and and not necessarily replace the exact production loss from Jordan Addison mm-hmm. because he's a Blitnikoff Award winner? That'd be hard to do. But uh, who are the receivers that Keaton Slovis is going to be leaning on this season? I know uh, Gerard Bub Means is is one that Tennessee fans are very familiar with, having started his career out here at Tennessee under Jeremy Pruitt. The two that I believe, and he's, he's definitely one of them, uh, Kanata Muffield, uh, transfer from Akron, and uh, uh, Jared Wayne, who's ret- who, who returned this season. Uh, those would definitely be his two other top targets in the passing game. And as you mentioned, it, it's hard to replace, have one guy that's, re- you know, replace someone that won the, I'm oh, sorry, replace the Addison who won the Blitney Call for War. But I believe, you know, Pitt will do it by committee. And those three, the one you, the receiver you mentioned, and the two I just mentioned, those will definitely be his three main targets. And I imagine that after watching film on Tennessee's defense, then and remembering some some things from last year, I have to think that 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 a guy like Narduzzi, who's who, who can be practical, will think, you know, I love to run the football, um, but if I run directly at Tennessee, I don't know that how great that's going to go. Even though I love to run the ball, but if I spread these guys out a little bit. And I get some of these linebackers and some of these secondary guys in one-on-one coverage. I'm really gonna like that matchup. I have to think that that Pitt is gonna watch film and gonna go into this thinking we can spread these guys out and attack them because if you get Tennessee's defense in space, you give them problems. So I know he wants to play a certain way, probably, but I think they've got some guys who can who can win one-on-one matchups against Tennessee's back end. I think what you'll see is that Narduzzi will definitely try to run first. So it might be, it might take one or two series, and if things aren't going the way that he would like them to go, then I think he'll do what he did against West Virginia, spread it out, and start passing the ball a little bit, and you know try to mix it up and put the you know mix the run in there. But I do see him probably for the first one or two series, you know, trying to establish the run again, and then you know Tennessee pretty much stops that or. So a lot of resistance, then I, I can see him then then opening up. But that seems to be the pattern um, that Narduzzi has shown, or, or Pitt has shown offensively. They're, they're definitely going to try to run first, and if it doesn't work, start passing the ball. 
in the secondary, you, you talked about it earlier and going up against Cedric Tillman and uh, Brew McCoy and Jalen Hyatt and, and Tennessee's receivers. That, that That's another unit that, that is similar to the defensive line and offensive line that has a lot of career games and, and starts uh, under the belt. Some all ACC players, standout performers in, in the ACC championship game last year. Uh, how, how do you envision that matchup? It, it should be one of the more fascinating ones. Uh, because Pitt does want to get after Tennessee and, and leave those corners almost on an island and, and man up and, and may the best man win. That that should be one of the more fascinating matchups uh, later this day or later this afternoon. I agree with you. And I think, you know, you, you want to see, I think on third down is going to be the, you know, when those matchups become most important. From a from a yardage standpoint, West Virginia quarterback JT Daniels didn't throw for a whole lot of yardage, but he completed several uh, big third down plays um, to extend West Virginia's drives, and you know that's you know that's a big part of the game being able to convert third downs, and so you know hopefully from Pitt's standpoint, the defensive backs will do a better job of locating the ball in the air, high pointing the ball because it was there were some instances where you know they just didn't win the 50-50 balls or did a good job of high pointing the football. Um, and I know Tennessee has some very capable wide receivers. So, you know, I can see that battle, you know, going back and forth. And, you know, I think the most important thing for Pitt to be able to have success, in order for them to have success, is going to be, is going to be for them to be able to get those stops on, you know, third, third and long, uh, third and short, second and long, and just to win the 50-50 balls. Yeah, I'll be interested to see it to see if ten, uh, if Pitt really does come out and try to really establish the run early because you know Tennessee since Heupel's got there ha- has been uh, about as good as a football team can be in the first quarter. I mean Tennessee's first quarter offensive numbers are just stupid, and and they they come out and and the way they play with that kind of tempo, it's the kind of tempo that you're really only going to see from maybe Ole Miss and a couple others. There's really only three or four teams across the country that even try to go. Uh, as fast as Tennessee does, because a lot of teams don't huddle, but they're not in a super big hurry. Tennessee is routinely snapping the ball with 30 plus seconds left on the clock. But I, I have to imagine that that Pitt, having seen that a couple of times, they know this system, or at least Narduzzi does. And you got a bunch of seniors on that defense. I imagine that they might not be quite as just engulfed by that early, you know, because that, that seems to me like something that Tennessee really, really seizes on. But when, when people know this kind of know that it's coming, I wonder if that makes a difference. You know, I, I believe that Narduzzi did mention the Temple, uh, Tennessee's offense in his press conference on Monday. And it's one of those things where, you know, you, you can prepare for as much as possible, but if you don't see it too, too often, it still may give you problems. So that'll be uh, something to look at closely as the game go- goes on uh, this Saturday to see if, you know, Pitt is able to keep up with the Temple and because and because they, they do like to substitute a lot, especially along the defensive line and a little bit at the linebacker position. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, turns out. What about sort of your thoughts on this game at, sort of at the end of the day? I know that – you know, not not too far from from kickoff now, and I know some people like to give score predictions. Some people don't. Some people like to be more vague. I like to throw that out there to to give people the option on this. Uh, but I I've personally said all week that I don't know which one of these teams is necessarily better than the other, but I like 
some of the matchups more for Tennessee than I do Pitt in this game. And I think there are teams it, – it, it's not always necessarily about just which team's better than the other one. It's about how they match up. And I think if Pitt's going to be stubborn with the run – um, it's at times I think that plays into what what one of Tennessee's strengths is. I, I think that you know Narduzzi is going to be aggressive defensively. He almost always is, so that's going to leave maybe some more sack opportunities, but also some opportunities to make big plays downfield. I, I just and I, and the way that Pitt looked on run defense last week. When I, when I think of all that together, even though this is on the road. I just like the matchups for for Tennessee in this game, and I think I think Tennessee wins it. Do you want to either give at either a prediction or just say vaguely what you think might happen in this game? You know, I I'll give a prediction. I as far as the point, as far as the point spread, I think it's about six and a half. I think Pitt will cover that, but I do believe Tennessee will win the game. Um. What I saw in the running game was definitely alarming. Um, not to say the same exact thing will happen, but, you know, put, put that on top of the fact Rodney Hammond may or may not play this week. Um, he left the game early last week. So I do think ultimately Tennessee wins, but I think it'll be a close game. Ben, what are your, what are your thoughts on here before we step out of here? I know that we, we've got some written stuff, some written word at Govals 24-7, but um, I think I – pretty much said what I think will happen in this game. What do you think, Ben? I agree with Ed. Uh, I, I think it's a, going to be a very close game. Uh, I think it's a, a coin flip type of game. I think both teams are are evenly matched uh, and are, are both pretty good football teams. Uh, these aren't bad football teams that are evenly matched. I think these are two good football teams that are evenly matched. And uh, I, I do think some things favor Tennessee, uh, and that is – the, the pace on offense, uh, I do worry uh, about Tennessee's defensive front uh, after maybe some lack of production uh, against Ball State. How will they handle going up against a, a veteran offensive line? Uh, and, it, and it's really fascinating when you incorporate what, what Ed was saying uh, about Pitt's running game struggling, and then their back, Ronnie Hammond, who, who was their best back in the opener, he may not even play uh, against Tennessee. So you incorporate that with, with maybe some potential struggles uh, within Tennessee's defensive front, and it, it makes for a fascinating matchup. But at the end of the day, I, I, I agree with you, Wes, ultimately, that uh, more more matchups are in favor of Tennessee. But we'll, we'll see how Tennessee handles going on the road for the first time this season, and uh, it, it's going to take a lot to knock off what I think is a really good Pittsburgh team. I think we're good to, to call it a day now. Guys, I hope both of y'all enjoy the game. I know I will too. Uh, I, it's going to be a, a fun game. Also get to see some family up there, which will be nice. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we will be entertained, guys. Thanks, thanks for being here. Yeah, I appreciate it, y'all. Good talking with y'all. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, man. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there, or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day. Tons of stuff on there. All good stuff. 
But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap, go directly to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it. Get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of that now. Uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days, there's been a problem. We should be back here uh, in, in a couple days or so. You'll hear from us very, very shortly. Until then, guys, be good to each other. Be decent to each other. Please, there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore. God, we are so mean to each other. Have some basic human empathy. Allow people their dignity. Try to be kind. Be good to each other. Until then, be good, guys. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.